Join I Am A Watchman Ministries Managing Editor Joe Kerr with co-host Dylan Burroughs, bringing you a fascinating discussion regarding the importance of Bible prophecy and Christian living today as it relates to our responsibility as believers to be watchmen. This is A View From The Wall. Hello, this is Dylan Burroughs here with Joe Kerr, and we're excited to be with you here on A View From The Wall. And today we have the special treat of having Nathan Jones with us from Lamb and Lion Ministries. They are an amazing ministry that you may have been familiar with from the last time we talked to Nathan Jones several months ago. But as we talk today, we want to discuss specifically an event they have coming up called Contending for the Faith. And before we do, just let me welcome you, Nathan, to the program. Thanks for being with us here on A View From The Wall. Oh, thank you, Dylan. Thank you, Joe. Good to be back with you guys again. Good to have you back. Good to be with you. And as I mentioned, you're based there in the Dallas, Texas area and are hosting the Contending for the Faith 2019 Bible Conference coming up this July. And we want to talk about it a little bit because we're planning to be there. Our ministry is going to be there and be part of all the excitement that's going on with Lamb and Lion Ministries, with Christ in Prophecy, the website ChristinProphecy.org if you want to check that out. But as we dive right in and start talking about the conference itself. Tell us a little bit about the theme, Nathan, for the conference and what it's all about and why it's important for people who are into Bible prophecy, as well as just learning about their faith, should be part of this event. Well, certainly. I think we need to look at a, a, some, a Bible verse, a command that God gives us, which is also now the theme for our conference that we're holding in July. And this is Jude, the half-brother of Jesus, says, "'Beloved, while I was very diligent to write you concerning our common salvation,' I found it necessary to write to you, exhorting you to contend earnestly for the faith, which was once for all delivered to the saints. Why? Verse 4, for certain men have crept in unnoticed who long ago were marked out for this condemnation, ungodly men who turn the grace of our God into lewdness and deny the only Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ. And that is our walking orders from Jude, and this is why our conference is going to be based on that verse, Jude 3, to earnestly contend for the faith. I don't know about you, but it seems like there's an awful lot of tax on the Christian faith right now. That is absolutely true. Flesh that out for us just a little bit. What does it mean to contend for the faith? Well, it brings up that word apologetic. So who we here at Lamb and Lion Ministries, our mission is to proclaim the soon return of Jesus Christ. That's uh, our, what we do uh, with our television show, Christ in Prophecy, with our website, ChristinProphecy.org our magazines and conferences and things like that. So every year we hold a major conference, uh, usually in summertime, that deals with Bible prophecy. But Bible prophecy is an excellent, what's called an apologetic, a defense of the faith. And so we are devoting this conference this year to particularly defending different topics, different challenges to the Christian faith that try to discredit the Christian faith, and as Jude says here, by ungodly men. This is coming up very quickly, July 12th and 13th there in the Dallas, Texas area, Contending for Your Faith. And you can get more information about it at ChristinProphecy.org. But I want to take a moment just to mention some of the speakers who are going to be there, because these are some big names that some of our listeners will recognize. We have Kelly Shackelford from the First Liberty Institute, the largest legal firm in the nation dedicated exclusively to protecting religious freedom from all Americans, or for all Americans, I should say. And then Dr. David Reagan. Uh, from your program and some others. Tell us some more about the speakers we can expect to see at this event. 
Okay. Well, we tried to bring in experts on different areas of apologetics. Again, apologetics meaning defending the faith. And if there's any great defender, not only of, of the Christian faith, but of Christian liberties here in the United States, it's Kelly Shackelford. And we brought him to one of our conferences, I believe it was in 2015, and uh, we had to bring him back because he showed us something that just kind of blew the audience's mind. He brought out some binders, and he showed this little binder, maybe an inch thick, and he put it out and he said, this is all the cases against Christianity and religious freedoms in the United States a few years ago. Then he pulled out another binder, and it was twice as thick, and he said, this is all the cases from the following year. Then he pulled out a third binder, and it was twice as thick as that. He says, these are all the cases against Christian freedoms in the United States. So as you see, the defense of Christianity has become not just talking with people and just walking away if you don't agree, but it's now become an open tack on Christianity and our rights and privileges, especially our religious rights and privileges here in the United States. And Kelly Shackelford is the founder of First Liberty Institute. It's a Christian law firm. It's the biggest Christian law firm in the country. And they defend cases, sometimes pro bono, sometimes supported by uh, they, they take donations at First Liberty, and they build this war chest, so to speak, of money to help people who don't have the funds to defend their... Now, probably one of the biggest cases you probably know is the Christian Baker, who had uh, a gay couple uh, say uh, they, they couldn't, in good conscience, make a cake for a gay wedding, and uh, he went all the way up to the Supreme Court, and then Colorado tried to sue the poor guy again. It's cases like that that Kelly Shackelford deals with on an ongoing basis. So he's got fantastic insight uh, into the uh, spiritual warfare going against Christianity in the United States today. That is definitely somebody who's on the front lines. Tell us who else is going to be there. Well, after Kelly, uh, that's Friday night. Uh, also Friday night, we are having a concert by Marty Getz. And if you haven't heard of Marty Getz, you've got to hear Marty Getz. He's a Messianic uh, Jewish a pianist and singer. He's played well. He's been in a number of our conference, number of our TV shows, and he is amazing. I mean, it just, I, I, I'm not really a terribly musical person myself, but Marty moves me every time. So I, I hope that folks will also come for the concert. But if we get back to the speakers on Saturday, then it starts up. We begin with Mike Riddle, and Mike Riddle is the founder and president of Creation Training Initiative. If you've watched Christ and Prophecy, he's been a guest, and he, his topic is defending creation as the origin of the universe. So he's defending the creation story. Mike's fantastic with that. We also have another Mike, Mike Gendron. Uh, his topic is defending the Bible and the gospel, and his ministry is proclaiming the gospel ministry. He's an ex-Catholic who got saved, and now his ministry is to reach out to Catholics that are confused by a works-based salvation doctrine. We have Ron Rhodes. Now, he's written over 80 books. He's the president of Reason from the Scripture Ministries. Uh, he can take the most deep theological discussion and bring it down to the floor where the rest of us are so we can understand it. He's dealing with defending Jesus' promise to return. Then we have Eric Barger, who's been on our show a number of times as well. He's with Take a Stand Ministries, and he's a calls himself an apologist. He is a discernment ministry. He defends the faith, and he's going to talk about defending the church from the emergent church movement. And we'll end with our own Dr. David Reagan, like you said. Uh, he's the senior evangelist here at Lamb and Lion Ministries, the um, uh, senior host as well as of our TV show, Christ and Prophecy, and he'll be doing Defending the Deity of Jesus. That'll be his topic.
I know personally, I would travel to Texas just to see any one of those speakers. So to have all of them in one weekend in one place at the Plano Event Center, July 12th and 13th is a fabulous opportunity. So if you're listening today, there's still time. Check out ChristandProphecy.org and get the information. But as we get ready to go to our first break, I just want to bring up this idea that we see in Jude chapter 1 that shows us the importance of apologetics. And we'll talk about it when we come back. Jude 1.3, Jude is writing to the church. He says, Dear friends, although I was very eager to write to you about the salvation we share, I felt compelled to write and urge you to contend for the faith that was once for all entrusted to God's holy people. Now that verse right there talks about the importance of evangelism, but also about the importance of contending for the faith, for defending it against those both inside and outside the church who need to know more about why they believe what they believe. So we'll talk more about that here on A View from the Wall in just a moment. Stick with us. We'll be right back. From I Am a Watchman Ministries, here's today's I Am a Watchman Minute. Tennyson wrote, More things are wrought by prayer than this world dreams of. One of the most familiar prayers in the Bible is the Lord's Prayer. The prayer begins with the words, Our Father. Aren't you glad Jesus said we could pray, Our Father? He didn't say, My Father, as if God would only listen to Him. And He didn't say, Pray to a Father, as if God was one of many. Jesus didn't say, pray the Father, as if God existed but had no interest in having a relationship with the common man. No, Jesus directs us to pray, our Father. We can pray to the one who loves us and wants to have a relationship with us. Prayer matters. Through a live chat service and prayer request portal, the I'm a Watchman ministry stands ready to answer questions and pray for you. Be bold. Be faithful. Be a Watchman. I am a watchman.com. Welcome back to A View from the Wall. I'm here with Nathan Jones from Lamb and Lion Ministries, ChristandProphecy.org, and their event coming up July 12th and 13th at the Plano Event Center about contending for the faith. We mentioned Jude 1-3 right before the break, this idea of being compelled to contend for the faith that was once for all entrusted to God's holy people. Nathan, tell us why it's still important to contend for the faith today and some of the issues that we face in this area. Well, uh, I believe that First Peter 3.15 will help elaborate that. It's uh, that Peter was saying, But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts, and always be ready to give a defense to everyone who asks you a reason for the hope that is in you, and do it so with meekness and fear, or in obedience to the Lord. Don't be obnoxious or a jerk about it. You know, do it in meekness and fear, because you're holding the Word of God in your hands. So we're commanded by Peter to, to be ready to give a defense for what we believe and I think it's clear even so in Second Timothy 4, 1 through 5, where Paul is, is leaving the words to his young protege, Timothy. He says, I charge you, therefore, before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who will judge the living and the dead, shows how important this message is, at his appearing in his kingdom, preach the word, be ready in season and out of season, convince, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and teaching. And here's the reason why, verse 3, For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but according to their own desires, because they have itching ears, they will heap up for themselves teachers, and they will turn their ears away from the truth and be turned aside to fables. And verse 5, But you be watchful in all things, be watchmen, 
endure afflictions, do the work of evangelists, fulfill your ministry. So here we're told this is our ministry, is to out, be out there defending the faith. And why do we defend the faith? Because there's people out there who deny the faith, and they will make arguments against it and cases against it to lead people away from God in Christ's salvation. So here we got Paul, we've got Peter, we've got Jude. They're all telling us we need to defend why we believe what we believe, and that's where we get the term apologetics. If you want the exact definition, dictionary.com says a apologetics is the branch of theology concerned with the defense or proof of Christianity. It's not apologizing for God, which unfortunately some pastors seem to believe it is, and they're always making excuses for why God does what he does. No, we are defending the Bible and defending why we believe what we believe about Jesus Christ. I love that you bring the watching into it, because that is clearly a part of a watchman's territory. That view from the wall entails not just watching for the enemy, but knowing what the truth looks like. you got to be able to discern between good and evil, right and wrong. You talked about Jude, and the verse following the one you quoted says, the reason why we contend earnestly for the faith, for certain men have crept in among you unnoticed, ungodly intentions uh, that refer to that as where the creeps came in, you know, when they crept in unawares. Uh, talk about that a little bit. How, how does the average Christian apply apologetics to life on Monday? Well, you should be wearing a set of glasses, whether you wear glasses or not. And these glasses are shades. And you can put and see the world depending on the shade you put over your eyes. If you put on, say, some hippie glasses, and you got the rose color shades, and everything will have a rosy gleam. I got sunglasses that make everything look yellow. You will see the world filtered through the sunglasses you put on. Now, what I'm talking here is a comparison to worldviews. How you view the world is really fundamentally how you perceive God. If you perceive God through the biblical worldview, in other words, you see the world how God sees it as he's written in the Bible, you will be able to interpret the purpose of life, why we live, why we're doing what we're doing, and our ultimate destiny through that biblical worldview. Sadly, most of the world operates under different worldviews. They operate through, say, religious worldview, which is made-up religions based on works to, instead of, to bring man up to God instead of God coming down to man through Jesus Christ. There's also the secular worldview, which denies God altogether and tries to make sense of the world through uh, a lens, uh, the sunglasses that have no part with God being part of it. So you can see here how important it is to have a biblical worldview because how you filter truth and how you do everything day to day is based on how you perceive reality around you. And that's why contending for the faith is so important because, brother, so many people are so lost because they're wearing the wrong shade of glasses. Well, that's so good. And this is something I want to throw back to you to get your input on. I know in my lifetime, I've seen such a shift in apologetics where early on or a generation ago, the goal was to find the information to prove your viewpoint or your faith was correct versus some other view out there. So you'd go to the library, get the books, find the information to prove your point. Now there's plenty of information. You can go to Google and put in any search term and get thousands upon thousands of hits. The question now is how to discern the information that exists, not finding some information. Talk a little bit about the importance of information and discerning good information from bad information in apologetics today. Okay. Well, number one, the Bible should always be your source text. No yes. matter what, you should always return to the Bible. 
mankind has written endless books and, and commentaries and, and analysis, and you name it, it's out there. But the Bible is the Word of God. It's the Word that endures forever. The grass withers and the flowers fade, but the Word of God endures forever. So go to there first. When you get to the Bible, then interpret with a literal interpretation. In other words, if the plain sense makes sense, don't look for any other sense, lest you end up with nonsense. And we have so many people approach the Bible coming at it with their own initial ideas, theories, what they want the Bible to say, and they misinterpret it and therefore put on the religious worldview sunglasses. So one, go to the Bible first, and two, interpret it literally. And three, actually read it. I don't. So many people running around thinking they know what God knows, but they don't. They're just guessing because they haven't gone to the source, which is the Word of God. That is so good. Start with the source text, no matter what you're discussing, whatever view you have. And I love the sunglasses analogy. That is so accurate. We do see the world the way our view is tinted or in some cases tainted based on what we read, what we digest. And there is, as you said, plenty of material out there. But unfortunately, a lot of it is nonsense. Nathan, last time you were on the show, you were discussing your latest book, 12 Faith Journeys of the Minor Prophets. It had just been released at the time you were on the show. How's the book doing, and where can our listeners get a copy? Well, uh, 12 Faith Journeys of the Minor Prophets is a book that uh, I wrote along with a co-pastor, uh, Steve Howell. Uh, he was a, a pastor friend of mine for two decades. That still is. <laughs> and uh, Steve and I were real concerned that there's a section of the book, the 12 last books of the Old Testament, that were untouched. And we wanted people to mine the depths of the wisdom and knowledge of God that are in them. Uh, I kind of and compared it to a dusty attic. You know, you go into an attic and it's it's dusty and dirty and nobody ever goes into it and it's where you put all the junk. Well, that's how people viewed the minor prophets. So we wanted people to understand that the minor prophets are relevant to us today, that the, each of these minor prophets went through a journey of faith and what they learned as different challenges came to their faith that we could apply those today. How do you have faith when government fails? How do you have faith under peer pressure? How do you have faith went through devastating losses? And so forth and so on. It's been out now uh, three years. Interesting you bring it up because Charisma Magazine is doing a two-page uh, advertisement for it, and they've reduced well, the Kindle edition to $5.99. So it's actually on sale this month, and you can get that on Amazon.com or through our own website at ChristinProphecy.org. And uh, it's just been a great blessing. I've so many people come up and say that it's just brought those books alive to them, and it's been very applicable to how they're living, just like apologetics. So, uh, thanks for asking about that. Yeah, it's just it was a great experience writing that book and and seeing people get excited about the Lord through it, which was what the purpose of it was. Well, we're excited about uh, some of the stories we're hearing from that book, and we'll talk more about this and other topics with Nathan in just a moment on a view from the wall. Stick with us. From I Am a Watchman Ministries, here's today's I Am a Watchman Minute. Being willing to step out for God and do the unusual is a mark of spiritual maturity. Consider the prophet Ezekiel. He was the son of a priest from a very distinguished family, but God told Ezekiel to do things that many thought were undignified. For example, in his preaching, he utilized drama and shadow puppets and miniature props. He cut his hair and burned some and buried some and threw some to the wind. Once he allowed himself to be tied up for 430 days. He was radical for God, but also righteous before God. 
Ezekiel was a watchman, and watchmen faithfully follow God's leading, period. The I'm a Watchman ministry is here to help you grow in Christ and as He leads, be radical for God. Are you willing to be radical for God? Be bold, be faithful, be a watchman. Iamawatchman.com We're back. This is Dylan along with Joe Kerr, and we've been talking with Nathan Jones about their upcoming event in Plano, Texas, the Dallas, Texas area, contending for the Faith Conference July 12th and 13th. We hope you'll join and be a part and find out more at ChristinProphecy.org. And let me start off this final segment with a quote from C.S. Lewis. He said that, I believe in Christianity as I believe that the sun has risen, not only because I see it, but because by it I see everything else. And I think that statement has has so much to do with what we're talking about here today with apologetics. And as we continue, I know, Nathan, you have a story about your own son who's starting his college journey now and how this applies to him. Tell us a little bit about it today. Well, you asked, uh, how do we apply it to our daily lives on Monday, right? So here my son, he's in his first year of college, and for some reason he wanted to take Arabic. He thought Arabic would be a great language to learn if he wants to get into the military and thought that was practical. What he found is that the professor was an ex-Catholic who uh, started embracing Islam, but really is irreligious. And every class, instead of really being about how to learn Arabic, was uh, to defend that God even exists. And what's interesting is that uh, we take, if you take an English class, you assume, you know, everybody in there speaks English, so it's an easy A. Well, he learned that he was the only uh, kid in there who didn't know Arabic. All these other kids who had grown up learning Arabic were in the class because it was an easy A. So basically it was the professor and all the students against him whenever it came up to defending the faith. Here my poor son just thought he was going in to learn Arabic. And <laughs> wow. He poured through my library of apologetics books over the last year because he took Arabic 1 and 2. And he read so many books on apologetics. He was buying books on apologetics uh, through Amazon and learning all this stuff. And by the time he was done that class, and he got a B, the professor was a good guy. He wasn't you know, punishing you for not agreeing with him, so that's a plus, unlike some professors. Uh, but he came out learning more about his faith and stronger in his faith for being challenged for his faith. You know, and think about an immune system, an immune system that's never attacked by germs, never builds antibodies, and never can defend itself against real attacks. And I think that's how Christianity has ended up today. We've lived in a Christian culture and a Christian bubble with Christian friends and Christian music, and we've never really seen challenges to our faith. And our kids then go off to college or whatnot, and as soon as they hear something contrary to what they've been taught, they fall apart. Well, that's what apologetics is. It's being able to understand what you believe about God so you can defend it. And what usually results is you end up learning more because you have to study, and your relationship with Jesus grows even more because you appreciate God more for how he's uh, made the universe, basically. Yes, well, I like that example, and I want to build on that a little bit. We have this idea that Christians can contend for their faith, but often in the process they become contentious themselves. And we're told to speak the truth, but to speak the truth in love. Take a moment, if you would, to speak to that idea of how to share the truth, but do it in a way that's winsome and compelling and shares Christ in love with other people around us. Sure. Um, I'm going to switch. I usually use the New King James Version, but let's switch over to the NIV Version, because I think it interprets these two words. Uh, back to First Peter 3.15, uh, when he's 
Peter is t- tells us to, but in your hearts revere Christ as Lord, always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have, the faith, the hope that you have. And this is how he says it, though. But do this with, and the New King James's meekness and fear, NIV, gentleness and respect. Now, I don't know about you, but when you're on Facebook, everyone's not very nice on Facebook. I don't know what it is. <laughs> YouTube is it's pretty I don't know what you're saying. Oh. Yeah, it's like there's <laughs> wow. no filter. I thought it was just my account. <laughs> <laughs> social media is, uh, yeah. So anyway, I could go on about that. But you see on social media that sometimes you get these apologists that get on, and they come up swinging and yelling and punching and calling people stupid. How, when has that ever brought someone to Jesus Christ? It, no, yeah, Peter point. tells us how wow. we're supposed to do it. Give the gospel, defend why you re, uh, have your hope with gentleness and respect. Respect for God in the source text, but also respect to the person that you're ministering to. And it's hard. I, I've had two debates recently with an atheist who is openly hostile and trying to, against God and trying to make a case against him. And it's very hard to be calm and respectful to him. Uh, but you know what? It, it tears down walls. You get someone's defenses up, they're not going to be open to what you're saying. Peter obviously knew what he was talking about. He was the lead apostle during that time. And he's telling you, you can, what's that old uh, saying? You can catch more flies with honey than you can with vinegar. Peter knew what he was talking about. So good. So good. Nathan, we could talk about current events and all kinds of things here with the escalation of tension in the Middle East, with uh, even with the U.S. and Iran and uh, a lot of other things. But we always try to end on a note of encouragement for the Watchman community. So with all of the tensions, even natural disasters, you all had flooding near you, too. What's the good news for Watchmen as they contend for the faith, as they study apologetics, as they try to make the message of the gospel real and every day. What's the good news? Well, Jesus said that we're supposed to be watchful, be ready for his return. And a good watchman on the wall is looking out and he sees signs of the advancing of what's coming. And we can see the signs, especially Luke 21 and Matthew 24, where Jesus said there will be certain signs that will come in more and with greater frequency and intensity as the Lord comes. We're seeing these signs today, wars and rumors of wars, famines, earthquakes, plagues, natural disasters, fearful events, uh, Jerusalem being the center of things. All these things are coming. And what does that mean? It means that Jesus Christ is returning soon. Jesus Christ, our blessed hope. That is so good, and we appreciate your time so much, Nathan, today, and we just have a minute or so left, and I just want to share this quote that recently I read from Pastor John Stott. He said, the chief reason people do not know God is not because he hides from them, but because they hide from him. And I just want to encourage you, if you're listening, maybe you're sharing your faith with someone and it's been a wall and nothing has happened, I just want to encourage you, God may be doing something in their lives that you're not even aware of, so hang in there, keep sharing, and if you you are the one who's listening and may still not be sure about where you stand on certain issues, call out to God, seek His answers in His Word, just like we're talking about contending for the faith. Uh, we thank you so much for joining us. And just a last reminder, again, this conference is coming up very soon, July 12th and 13th in the Dallas, Texas area. Find out more about it. You can find out more at our website at IamAWatchman.com, as well as ChristInProphecy.org. So uh, we're trying to do everything we can to help equip you and prepare you for the ministry God has given you. 
Thanks again for joining us at A View from the Wall. We encourage you to check out IamAWatchman.com and subscribe to our email for all of the latest. And you can also find us on YouTube or our podcast on SoundCloud. And join us next time here on A View from the Wall. A View from the Wall, in association with I Am a Watchman Ministries, exists to equip a worldwide audience with biblical truth, sharing it with others, and being prepared for Christ's imminent return. The team seeks to encourage, inspire, and equip watchmen for such a time as this. For information about the ministry and upcoming events, visit IamAWatchman.com. A View from the Wall is made possible by the team of dedicated pastors, editors, and the many contributors of I Am A Watchman Ministries. To support our efforts, give online at IamAWatchman.com and click on the Donate button. Thanks for listening, and join us again next time on A View from the Wall.